One year ago, <clears throat> we had no idea what was facing us in 2020. We all were a little bit excited because 2020 was a landmark that we looked at and thought about for years. Little did we know the difficulties and the challenges and the tests that faced us. Nor did, did we realize that families would go through the struggles that they have gone through. To say it's been a difficult year is an understatement. Yet we know that God is faithful. He always is. His grace is sufficient. And in thinking about 2021, and as I prayed about it, I wanted to reflect the reality of the importance of the body of Christ in this new year. The role that we play is different than it's ever been before. We cannot assume that we are part of the majority here in America, for we're not. As Christians, we're a unique people. We're separated from the world and unto Christ but we are also suddenly discovering that we're in a place we never imagined we would be before. The Barna Research Group recently conducted an extensive survey in the 12 largest Christian communities in the United States. What they uncovered was shocking. Only 41% of all adults surveyed believed in the total accuracy of God's Word. Roughly 40% of the people believed Christ was sinless. And get this, less than 27% of those people believed Satan to be real. In no time in the history of America have we ever understood the power and the influence of the evil one on our country and in our world. You say, preacher, how does this passage apply to us today? It's talking about the fall of Satan. Really, it isn't. Isaiah is speaking to the king of Babylon. But Isaiah being the voice of God, a prophet, whose words were perfect, for they came from God, spoke truth that would resound over and over and over again. What was true 6,000 years ago is true today. God's law stands as true. He is unmoved by the situations in this world, and we can trust Him. But the reality is the same sin that overcame the king of Babylon and destroyed him is the sin that the number one worship leader in all the world fell into. You see, Satan was at one time that angel that covered the throne of God. He was, dare I say it, holy set apart. He always looked on God and always worshipped Him. 
the angels throughout the universe would always take note of what Gabriel and Lucifer, the angels that covered the throne of God, were doing. For they set the standard of worship for everyone else. But I want you to stop and imagine what was going on in the mind of this angel as he looked on the holiness of God. For in the midst of that, he fell into temptation, not with his words or his actions, but with, with his thoughts. It slipped into his mind, and he entertained it. What I'm introducing to you right now is the battleground for 2021, the human mind. This is where we will struggle. This is where we will do battle. And this is where we will win or lose as we serve Christ. For there's a world out there <clears throat> that's looking to the wrong things. They've watched televangelists rise and fall over the decades to the point that <clears throat> the term televangelist is almost a joke. They've observed denominations falter and slide away from truth. Even our own denomination is beginning to question many of the truths that have transformed our lives. One of the so-called think tanks of Southern Baptist released not too many months ago the idea that they felt that the sanctity of life is no longer a front issue in the lives of Southern Baptists. God help us. But the reality is Satan is creeping in. And his tactics and his motives are the same as always. And they always work when we yield from the power of the Holy Spirit. According to C.S. Lewis, the two most dangerous choices that you can make concerning Satan is number one, to have a total denial of his existence, but number two, to have an overt fascination with who he is. Either one of these could be deadly to the Christian. And we need to understand that we must be aware of who he is, how he functions, but pre be prepared to do battle. I want to remind you that the church is bigger than this building. It's not the count of the people that are in here that determines whether or not we are church. Church is the body of Christ established by him. It is his bride one day to be adorned before him in heaven. We are filled with the Holy Spirit of God guiding us in what we do. <clears throat> and if we gather or if we are unable to gather is meaningless. We are still the body of Christ. Now we are commanded to gather. Forsake not the assembling together of yourselves. We're to do that. But the reality is, today we find ourselves in a situation unlike any time in the past in this church. 
Therefore, we can't all gather together. But in spirit and in heart, we are together. I want to think this morning about how Satan was tempted. He is more brilliant than we are. He is ancient. We cannot put an age on him. We cannot limit him as we limit a man or a woman. Because he is not body, he is spirit. But he's pure evil. He's aware of the fact that he cannot cause you to lose your salvation, but he can make you live as if you were never saved. He can make you behave as if you are serving him. Christians over the years have been overthrown by him. Not the least of which was Simon Peter. After his brash and bold statements that he would be the last to walk away from Jesus. And yet he was one of the first. We must understand that Satan found in his own heart something that ate away at him. We refer to these five statements as the five I wills. These are the five aspects of pride that will destroy you if you will allow them. And irony of ironies, all five of these are based upon what God himself wants us to do through his spirit. Not through the flesh, but through his spirit. And I want to look at these and think about these and understand how we need to be careful how we seek to fulfill our destiny in 2021 because it's a very slight step out of the way in the will of God into sin. The first one is to be in the place of God. He said, I will ascend to heaven. This is what we call omniscience. God is all-knowing. And Satan looked upon God for eternity. But at some point he said, I want to have the wisdom of God. I want to know what he knows. I don't want to have to go through him. I don't want him to guide me. I want to be in control. And that is the ultimate sin of all sins as we begin to walk away from God. The desire to be spiritual or heavenly is so significant. But there's only one way to do that. Through the one who purchased our way into heaven, Jesus Christ. I want you to stop and think about the fact that the angels of heaven were there and understood that God had a plan throughout the ages to preserve and to protect and to save His creation if they so chose to follow Him. And yet in the midst of that, Satan said, I want to get to heaven. I want to be all-knowing without God. We live in a world where people thought 30 years ago that the solution to all problems was education. 
They saw the problem as ignorance, and the solution is education, going to school. And so suddenly, whether you're going to be an astrophysicist or a ditch digger, you need a college degree. Everybody goes to college. Everybody gets a degree, whether it's something they need or want. If you want to weave baskets or be a psychologist or build airplanes, you've got to go to college. The only problem is the solution to our problem was not education because our problem wasn't ignorance. Our problem was willful sin. There's a huge difference. And we in America have felt that education would solve all of our problems. And is it not ironic that our greatest situation right now of an overthrow of what we believe to be the true law of Christ in our country is through those who are the most educated. You see, ignorance wasn't the problem. It wasn't Satan's problem. He wasn't ignorant. He knew more than we will ever know, humanly speaking. Yet he willfully chose to go away from God. The second I will is, is, is much like that. It says, I will raise my throne above the stars. What he's saying is, I want to be everywhere. I want to be omnipresent, just like God. I want people to see me. I want the, them to glory in me and all that I do. The desire to be someone special with a position, with all the recognition that comes with it, was what he desired. He did not want to be second fiddle to anybody. Pride ate its way into his heart. Now stop and think about that. We're made in the image of God, meaning that we have the ability to make choices. We can change our history, our future, by the very choices that we make. Yet Satan made a choice. He said, I don't want to be one who worships God, even though I am the supreme worshiper of God in the heavenlies. I want to be worshipped. There's a huge difference in those two. An incredible difference. I can remember in my childhood, growing up watching television, the ads that were on there. By the way, if, if, if you want to really confuse people today, ask them where the most prominent cigarette commercials were on television in 1962 and 63. You know where they were? You know who advertised, I believe it was Cool Cigarettes? Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone. Think about that. Think about that. That generation didn't see a problem with that. Because, you see, they thought any choice they made was a good choice. There's a cigarette called Terratons years ago, and Terratons found the secret to making sure you'd be safe smoking. You know what the secret was? They had a special filter. You know what the filter was made out of? Asbestos. Think about that. 
we in our vaunted wisdom had gone to the point of absurdity. That's the problem when mankind is in control. We don't know how to reach up to the level of God. Only He can do that. We don't know what should be exalted. When we attempt to do something, we destroy what is there. We have no room for pride. Humility must be the way we live. Because only through humility will we find God. This is God's will for us one day to be exalted. But exalted with Christ. Beside Him. Serving with Him as a fellow servant for eternity. Satan likes shortcuts. Because a shortcut establishes who's in control. But God is in control of our life. And 2021 must be a year that we trust Him. The third statement made here is, I will sit enthroned on the mount. This is to have God-like power. It means that the authority that is there, the omnipotence of God is there, and you can control your own situation. You see, one thing that Satan knew was that God was all-powerful. That God could destroy everything if he so chose to do that. Jesus made a statement speaking to a group of people one day. And to me, it's the most terrifying statement I've ever heard. Speaking of his father, he said this. He said, fear not he that can kill the body. Something any human could do. But fear him who can kill the body and the spirit or soul. Annihilation is something we can't imagine. To cease to exist. And God can do that. God is very tolerant. He's very loving. He's very patient. He waits patiently for us to repent. But so often we get caught up in the power that we have. One day... A young teenager in my church had received his first cell phone. And he was sitting on the back row of the, of the church there in Thomaston, Georgia, looking at it. And I walked up behind him. And I said, Thomas, what do you think about that? He said, wow, I feel so powerful. I said, wait till you lose it the first time. You're not that powerful. Sometimes we think things give us an authority to do things that, 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 that just far beyond that we can imagine, but it really doesn't. Ephesians 2.6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms of Christ Jesus. 
With all that we can create and make in this world, we can lose it all, and we will. Yet where Christ places us is so significant when God lifts us up to the level of His Son and we are there in the heavenlies. Then we will understand the importance of this. Fourthly, it says, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. Now what this is speaking of is purity. The clouds are always a picture of the Spirit and the idea of the Spirit moving about, but the purity of the Spirit. And Satan was saying, here, I can be pure and holy. I don't need God at all. And he didn't even realize himself. And this is the sin, the ultimate sin of Satan, is that he did not realize that the moment he allowed the thought in his heart that he could live Without God, his spirit was darkened and it became darker as time went along. The desire to be pure and holy, righteous in the eyes of others is an act of vanity unlike any others because it's focused upon them looking at you. Humility says that I am nothing without Christ. God's will is that we be holy as He is holy. And remember the first understanding of being holy is not to be bright and shining and loved by everybody, but it's be set apart unto God. Holiness first begins with a relationship not to other people, but to Christ has nothing to do with us. It has to do with Him. How did Jesus rise above the clouds? Acts 1.9 says, After He said this, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid Him from his, their sight. You know, in Matthew 28, it tells a story of Him going back to heaven. And they looked up and they understood then the importance of what He was doing. We've got to be set apart unto Christ to be exalted ever. See, the ultimate sin was when Satan made the statement, I will be like the Most High God. Every sin is rooted in that. It's saying that you want your way as the best way and the only way. You don't need God to participate in that. This again is... God's will for us. He wants us to be with Him, but not of our own choosing and our own way. The thoroughly evil nature of the devil consists in the fact that here we have spontaneous, self-generating sin expressed in pure defiance, in pure arrogance. That's what Satan is. You can see it in the evil of men that would seek to destroy whole cultures or whole nations. But you can equally see it in the face of a child and their defiance to do what a parent has told them to do. When they cross their arms and they lock their jaw and they stare that incredibly evil stare that only a 
three-year-old can give. And you suddenly understand, wow, they're not the angel I thought they were. No. God created children to be wonders and to be beauty, but they face their own choices, and they come far too soon. That's why what we do on these steps and in this building with children is so significant. It does not start with three to five-year-olds. No, it starts across the street with the nursery, with the teachings that they get there, that they understand that they have choices to make, that they can choose to go the wrong way, away from that which is right. Satan's five I wills reveal how we can rise up in spiritual pride through our own self-will. Or we can seek to simply say, God, not my will, but yours be done. 2021 is going to be a challenging year. Probably more so than 2020. But it's an opportunity for Christians in Christ to impact this community more so than ever before. Yet we are going to have to be on our guard. For the battleground is not here, but it's in our hearts. It's what we choose to do in the morning as we wake up and ponder the day and seek the direction we should go and choose the attitude that will motivate us and decide step by step what life we'll touch and which life we will change. When I was a teenager, one of the things that I wanted so desperately to do was to read a book entitled The Gulag Archipelago. Now, it's not the kind of book most teenagers want to read. A lot of my friends were reading Charlotte's Web, and I was reading 1984. But I had heard about a man named Alexander Solzhenitsyn, and I had the opportunity to be in a building in a room with him. He had traveled to Atlanta to speak in a symposium at Emory University. And my sweet mom, with her limited education, was smart enough to know that this man was one of the greatest thinkers of our time. And she saw to it that her son got to hear this man. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was a great thinker, a Christian. During the time of the overthrow of the Romanov Empire, the Russian Empire, a large group of people led by a sadistic leader destroyed the family, the bloodline that had led Russia for many generations. They were not a perfect family, of course. But what was coming to destroy them was pure evil. For they were godless. One of their greatest enemies was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He was a man of great words. He was a prolific speaker and writer. He was a, a great professor. People listened to him. In writing his book, 
telling the story about how evil destroyed the Russian Empire and how for 70 years it lay dormant. He closed that tome with this statement because he said, I don't want to recollect the steps that led to the destruction of this great country. I want to remind people where it really began in the hearts of people, in the heart of one man, then many men. And he said this, he said, if only it were all so simple, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them, then we could have saved the empire. He said, but the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? Solzhenitsyn identified the problem as being not education, not administration or programs or democracy or government or any of that. It was a fallen nature that is eaten up with sin that must be eradicated by the Spirit of God and no one else. May we trust Him in 2021, the only one, the Holy Spirit of God, to cleanse and prepare us for this new year. So that when we stand at this point, a year from now, we can be thankful that God has used us to make a difference. Let us pray. Holy Father, I thank you that you bless us with all spiritual blessing from above. In good times and bad, you're there. You love us. You guide us. And I pray right now that you would speak to someone this morning who is struggling with the reality that 2021 is just around the corner. And choices must be made. And I pray that you would guide them to make that correct choice and do that which the Spirit of God would guide them. Father, speak to someone today who has a decision to make that only you can affirm and guide them in. And may they be obedient to you even now. For it's in your holy name we do pray. Amen.